Hi guys, welcome to Library Overload. This is Tavia. This is Susie. We are so glad you're joining us today. Don't forget to go check out our website if you find any books that you like, and that's libraryoverload.home.blog. And check us out on Instagram and now Facebook. Woohoo! And that's Library Overload there. And we are talking about what we've been reading lately. I've got a couple that I'm really excited to talk about. How about you? Yeah, I'm really excited. I was kind of all over the place with mine. So yeah, yeah. Look at you. Did you have I any know. vampire books this month? I did not. <gasps> I know. Look Shocking. at you. Look at God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do you want to go first? Sure. sure. I'm going to start off with the Tattooist of Auschwitz. That's a big deal right now. It's, it's everywhere. Huge. And it's not really that big of a book, though. Mm. Um, it's only like 280 pages or something Oh, like that. that is smaller than I thought yeah. it was. And it's a true story. Wow. Yeah. So good. Was it? it? Was so, so, Was it so like good. heart-wrenching? It was, but it was uplifting at the same time. That's um, good. I gave it five stars. And I mean... Oh, I just loved it. Okay. So basically, it's the story of Lale, and he is the Jewish man who was sent to Auschwitz, and he was forced to do the tattoos on the other prisoners. Wow. So you know how, like, they wrote the tattooed their numbers mm-hmm. on them. He, they didn't do that themselves. They made the other Jewish people do it. I did not know that. Yeah, because it's like mental, mm-hmm. you know, torture making sure. you destroy your own people or, you know. Because when he went through and had his tattoo done, he was like, who could do this to somebody else? Mm-hmm. And, you know, but then it came about that that was one of the easier positions and mm. it afforded him more freedom and more food because it was an important position. Wow. So he took it to kind of basically save himself because mm. he wasn't going to make it doing the hard labor. He had already gotten sick. And, and so, you know, it kind of worked out that way he through his job he meets a fellow prisoner Gita and he falls in love with her in Auschwitz Hmm. and it's their story it's about how each of them survive this and how they get to the end and you know how their life progresses afterwards Hmm. and there's an afterward by their son oh my god yes so Um, is it like a fictionalized retelling i mean i'm sure it's like because i'm pretty sure it's shelved in fiction it's 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 historical fiction i'm not sure if it's you know i'm not sure on that i'm sure it's fluffed up here and there right like he couldn't possibly know exactly what was said and things like that so okay but it it was beautiful it was it was devastating but uplifting at the mm-hmm. same time. A lot of these stories don't have any hope in them. Mm-hmm. But this one did. There was hope at the end of the day. Because you you go in knowing that they live. Nice. That they make it out of Auschwitz. That is nice. And oh, it, it's devastating. Mm-hmm. But it's also beautiful at the exact same time. Yeah. And I didn't say, but that's by Heather Morris. Mm. And okay. I just, I loved Lale and Gita's story. And it just, it was just beautiful. Yeah. Because basically, at the end of the uh, at the end of the war, Auschwitz kind of gets raided, and they know the Jewish or the Nazis know that the Russian army is coming, mm-hmm. so they ship off all the women first and like put them in a train and like head them out. So Lolly and Gita get separated, wow. and it's about them finding each other again, hmm. like in a in a world with no communication, right? And how they figured out 
where the other would be, how they were able to find each other again, mm. how they were able to love in a place with no love. Yeah. Um, and it was, just, it was just beautiful. Wow. I love that. That good. Okay. So I have recently binge watched for the very first time The Golden Girls. That's and I, amazing. I loved it. <laughs> I think it's hysterical. Like I was cackling. <laughs> And even Chris, he was like, I'm so mad. I like this show. It's so funny. <laughs> I've seen a few episodes here and there. I haven't seen a lot of it, though. It's on Hulu. You should watch. It's <laughs> it's hysterical. That's amazing. So, And it was like, it's way ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Like, they talk about AIDS. They mm-hmm. talk about addiction, mm-hmm. ageism, just... Uh, it's, Sexual it, endeavors of older people. Oh, yeah. Like, older women having sex lives. And mm-hmm. it's... It's awesome. I read an article, not to like derail, but I read an article or a thing not too long ago about the creator of that show. Mm -hmm. And she said the studio came to her and was like, we want to do a sitcom with older women. And she's like, cool. And she's like, and I was thinking, you know, like 60, 65. And she's like, and they pitched me 40 year olds. And she's like, what? (laughs) She's like, no, this is not older women. This is not a thing that's going to happen. And she made sure it was the older women. That's amazing. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. So, I digress. So, because of that, I was like, well, now I have to know everything about all these women. Right, because we're obsessive people. (laughs) uh, Completely. (laughs) I can't just like something. I have to, like, it takes over my entire world. (laughs) Yeah. So, as I sit here with a t-shirt from red white and royal blue i know i was thinking maybe we should take a picture of it for the for the gram i will i'll (laughs) smile like this so needless to say i started i read my very first betty white book it is here we go again my life in television i know she's so good so she's written several books even before this one and this one was written in 95 96 she wrote several before and i love her so she first appeared on television in 1949. Wow. And from what I gather was kind of like a PBS, like local TV station. Mm. It was kind of like a talk show where they they just, it started out with her being kind of the assistant role. And so this man was a talk show host. And so this was in the afternoons and they, they were live from like 1 PM to 5 PM and they would have guests. They would do funny little skits and stuff like that. Eventually they would have live commercials where they would walk out with like signs of like a canned food or something. Like Mm -hmm. it started like that and people loved that show so much that they expanded it from like 1 PM to like 9 PM. And there was only like three channels. Right. And so people would spend their days with Betty and I can't remember the guy. It's fine. She I was read a this for Betty. back then, though. Have you seen she's pictures? So be- of her? Oh yeah, it had pictures in the book. Oh, she's so gorgeous. beautiful, but she still looks like her. She still has the dimples, yes. like uh, so so pretty. It was really interesting. It was different than what I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. When you read kind of celebrity memoirs, sometimes they give you like dirty secrets and stuff like that. This was a very matter of fact. Like this happened. This happened. I got married at this age. It didn't work out. We got divorced at this year. Like nothing of like. 
what happens. Mm. She's not really the kind of splashy she doesn't tabloidy stare. No, like, and there wasn't anything like salacious in it or anything mm-hmm. like that. But it was really, really interesting. It it was so cool because she was like TV had barely been out when she was on it. Yeah. Like it's she I mean started. Like, like 1949? Mm-hmm. Like that's it's, pretty awesome. It's like I can't fathom <laughs> being on television back then. Like that's right. so crazy. But she was so great. Like most people didn't even have television right. at that point. Right. Like most people thought that it wasn't going to be a big deal. Kind of like the internet. Like it'll mm-hmm. it'll pass. <laughs> it was so good. I was really getting into it for the Golden Girls gossip because I'm crazy. <laughs> and there really wasn't a whole lot. Like she talked about the girls a little mm-hmm. bit and she talked about getting hired on to the role mm-hmm. where they initially wanted her to read for Blanche's part. Then when Rue came in, she wanted Blanche. I couldn't imagine anyone else oh, as no. Blanche though. Like um, Rue McClanahan was she, just... She killed it. Yeah. And Betty White's even said like, Rue took it to places that I never would have. When Betty came in to read for Blanche, when she and Rue got there to read as Rose and Blanche but they were like actually would you guys mind really quickly just switching roles and reading that way and kind of threw that at Betty and she was like I'm I'm not ready to read for this but I mean whatever and killed it and she's the perfect Rose like she's amazing so I loved it and actually when she got cast as Rose as a widow she had just lost her husband a couple of years before so she completely understood being a widow and all of that and she she was just amazing and I just I love her I love her too and I think B. Arthur is completely badass too I want to be Dorothy so bad <laughs> I love her yes. I would love to know, know more about B. Arthur but I've looked and she I don't was see like a in book the Marines. Uh, yeah she was in the Marines in World War II or she was maybe it was the Navy I can't remember she was in the World War II as a um, I'm probably butchering whatever it is but she was a complete badass no way I want to read more about her because she is my Mm -hmm. favorite of the girls but she didn't write a book she doesn't have a lot of information so I'm just gonna have to like Google stalker to find out things it is my sincere hope that when I become old that this is my life. Oh, absolutely. That I get to be like a salty, saucy old lady living with a bunch of other old ladies. It's the dream. It mm-hmm. is. It's the dream. Yeah. When we're old and our husbands inevitably die before we do, we'll do that. Yes. That sounds good. That sounds like a plan. I like it. <laughs> I love Betty White, though. I think she's just fresh. I know. I love her, too. And she's a huge animal lover. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a huge animal lover. We And she we never are had sisters. kids, and she was always an advocate for that. Yeah. I know. I kept, I don't, I didn't know much about her before this, and so I kept waiting for her talking about, like, well, when I had children, mm-hmm. never. The man that she married had, was a widower mm-hmm. and had two children, and she she took on the stepmother role, but they were like middle grade age. So mm-hmm. they weren't children, like baby, baby. Mm-hmm. So she never had kids. And there was never a time in her book where she spoke about wishing she had mm-hmm. like nothing like that. So I, I really appreciated that as a woman of no children. Yes. And not planning. Right. On the because children's. especially now that's a, a big pressure on women mm-hmm. like you're not you don't have any worth unless you have kids oh absolutely and, you know, and um, i'm just waiting for the day after chris and i get married that i feel like so when you having kids yes it'll be coming for uh, basically all the time when i go home i know to, like family reunions mm-hmm. and stuff every so time you're gonna have a kid i mean it's a thing and for her to have been a proponent of it for so yeah. long and even back when she was i think that mm-hmm. that's a big deal 
Uh, it makes me happy. <laughs> Moving on, I'm going to go into outer space. <gasps> Ooh. Yes. I read Aurora Rising. Oh, that's such a pretty cover. It's gorgeous. And that's by two authors, actually, Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. That's so rare mm-hmm. to have two authors. It really is. Basically, they have been writing together other stuff previous to this, and they have each had separate series and things like that. This has been everywhere. Like, I have seen oh, yeah. this book everywhere mm-hmm. so I wanted to read it I made a slight mistake because <laughs> I didn't quite realize it's the first book in a series and it 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 just started and now we wait <laughs> so and the tagline on the cover is hysterical it's like it what is it it's they weren't the heroes we asked for they weren't the, the heroes we needed they were the only ones we could find uh, yeah <laughs> It's amazing. It kind of reminded me like of, of Batman esque, like yeah. They weren't he wasn't the hero we need deserved, but the one we got or whatever. Yeah, that I is. love it. But yeah, they were the only ones we could find. <laughs> it's hysterical. But I did love it. I gave it four stars and like I said, it's the Aurora cycle. And this is the first one. <laughs> but I really, really wanted to read it because there was so much hype around it. Basically, the year is twenty three eighty. And the graduating cadets of the Aurora Academy are, like, being assigned their first missions. Mm. So Tyler Jones is the squad leader, and he's, like, the golden boy, perfect, hasn't missed anything or whatever. Mm -hmm. But due to events kind of outside of his control and a little bit of misguided heroism on his part, he misses the draft. And so he gets stuck with... Everyone that didn't get picked. So, like, Ooh. he was the alpha, the team leader. Mm-hmm. And you go through, and there's, like, a science officer. There's a, a weapons person, mm. a warrior person. Like, and so there's all different. Uh, there's a, a diplomat person, a pilot. Okay. And so each alpha picks one. Gotcha. And he should have gotten the best team out there because he was number one. Mm-hmm. He's in the, the number one in the draft. But he missed it. Mm-hmm. So he got Everybody that was left. All the rejects. Yes, except for his sister who stuck by his side and said, no, I'm not going to go with anyone else. I'm going to go with him. That's awesome. So the reason he missed the draft is because he went to rescue this ship that was like floating through space and kind of uh, was just out there. And there was a storm coming and it was going to get destroyed. He realizes there's a girl in cryosleep in the ship. Mm. This is Aurora Jelin O'Malley. She has actually been lost and in cryosleep for two centuries. Oh my. So, so she's, she's from 20, 2100? Yeah, something okay. like that. So she's two, she's the girl out of time. They call her that. Like, So it's 200 years past when she was supposed to wake up. She was oh. on a mission to a colony to, to be one of the people colonizing this planet. And they live in this, or they travel in this thing called the Fold, where it's like space and you can get to places faster. Like uh, hyper jumps or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something gotcha. like that. So she's lost in the fold for two centuries. Tyler finds her. And so then the rest of the story is about Tyler, his reject team, mm-hmm. and Aurora traveling, trying to figure out what happened to the place she was supposed to go because basically all the records of it have been erased. Mm. And she's like, no, I promise you there was a thing there. And everybody's like, no, you're just... You're just crazy. Mm-hmm. You're waking up from two, 200 years of sleep, mm-hmm. and you're crazy. 
And basically, it turns out that Aurora, or Ari, as she goes by, could be the catalyst that starts a war that's been brewing for millions of years. Oh, my. Yes. That's a very long time to brew war. Yes. But it's like creatures that have been around for so long and Mm -hmm. nobody even realized it. Hmm. They didn't realize that they had been around that long. So that sort of thing. But it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. There was was lots of sassy sarcasm. I was about to say, was it witty? Yes. I love the witty. Yes. And it wasn't obvious either. Mm. Like you think at the beginning, well, Tyler rescues Aurora, they're going to fall in love. Sure. No, that's not... Nice. Like, that's not a big spoiler. I it's like not that. obvious. I like it when it's not blatantly like, this is the main couple. Right. Like, I hate that. So yes. that's great. So, But it was lots and lots of fun. I cannot wait because it kind of ends on a cliffhanger-esque. <laughs> but now and I so have now to now you wait. have to wait indefinitely. Yeah, because <laughs> there's no, like, literally this just was published, what? Yeah. June or March? Recently. Very yeah. recently. And there's no publication date for the next one yet. <laughs> I didn't realize that when I read this book. So I I didn't I know it mistake. was the beginning of a series or I would have warned you when you got it. But right. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I did not know. But see, now we have to run into situations where I'll forget yep. and I won't read the This next will book. be a series that we'll be talking about in a year. That's but like, I hey, have you finished that series? And you'll be like, uh, no. <laughs> Because, I mean... No, I get it. It's hard to keep up. There's literally no yeah. date for the next one yet. Yeah. So how am I supposed to remember that? I know. <laughs> I know. But it was really good. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And we will be right back. All right. My next pick is Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered. This has been everywhere, too. Yes. We're reading so lots of popular books right I now. No, look at me. All right. So this is by Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered is their tagline for their podcast, My Favorite Murder. Uh, they exploded. The, uh, Georgia is a comedian. She's been around for a minute. Karen was on some hosting gigs. She did a cooking channel hosting, a hosting job there. And so they somehow met at a party and ended up talking all night about all the true crime weird stuff that they love. Oh, cool. And typically when you mention that you love true crime, I mean, it's really popular now, but a couple of years ago, it wasn't such a big deal. Right. And you couldn't just talk about the serial killers that you love. And right. so when they found each other and found this weird thing that they had in common, mm-hmm. they ended up talking all night. Their friendship grew, and they decided to start a podcast, and it's exploded. They they just published a book. They go on tours and have live shows now. Like it's it's really. I've been seeing and hearing about this podcast everywhere. It's really cool. The structure of it is a normal episode will be each one will discuss a murder. It might be something huge by like. Ted, they might talk about Ted Bundy or it might be something super obscure that nobody knows about and they want to bring it into light. Sometimes it's been solved. Sometimes it hasn't. And then they have mini-sodes where people write in their local oh. murders or local cool. things that have happened yeah. and stuff. So it's really neat. I just recently started listening to the podcast just a few months ago. So mm-hmm. I don't know them super well. I haven't writ- uh, I haven't listened to all of their back catalog stuff. That's what I was going to ask. Do you, when you start a podcast, do you go back to the beginning and start or do you just pick up where it's at 
if it's not too old, I'll start from the beginning. But this one's like it's been around for years, mm. so there's no way I I, like I do to not start have at time. The beginning. No, I'm like that with TV shows. Like I will not start anything in the middle. But this one, I just there's not enough time. Right. I listen to probably ten to fifteen podcasts and I do not have enough time to listen to them all (laughs) I get that my commute is not that long (laughs) so so sometimes I have to be like oh darn I guess I have to wash dishes so let me (laughs) put in my podcast Um, that's funny so this one it was good I don't think I enjoyed it as much as like their really big diehard fans Mm -hmm. would just because I don't know them well it was even to the point where I was like which one's Georgia and which one's Karen Mm -hmm. I figured it out but but yeah it just it it wasn't as good to me as it mm-hmm. should have been. So right, I probably you're not, like enamored with them. Right. Like I just started and I like them. I like their podcast a lot, but I just, Maybe. it wasn't as big to me as it was to a friend of mine. Who's like a diehard fan of theirs. Maybe in like a year or two after you're really immersed, you yeah. reread it. You'll Maybe. have a different. Yeah. Opinion. I'm and sure. That's the thing that happens to me all the time. If you reread a book at a different place in mm-hmm. your life, it makes, it means something different to you. Yeah. I have a, that makes me sad when I was, in fifth grade, I had read all the books at my grade level at my school library. And my librarian was like, well, you could try The Hobbit. It's a really big book. I mean, to me, as a fifth grader, it was uh-huh. a very big book. And she was like, it's kind of different. I think you would like it. And it was the very first fantasy book I ever read. Aww. And it completely changed my reading life. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, back then, it was just Boxcar Children or, mm-hmm. like, you know, little cutesy yeah. stuff like that. But The Hobbit changed my reading life forever and I Mm -hmm. love fantasy because of it and I read it last year I think and I didn't love it as much as I did back then for me like I made the mistake of watching the movie first Mm. and they made three movies out of the one book and it's like they put so much stuff in there that wasn't there and then I kind of missed yeah some of that stuff in the book because it was just very basic and actually a short book it is a very short book and it it's for an adult I mean yeah it is a greater yeah yeah I haven't seen the movies yet because I wanted to reread it Mm -hmm. yeah I can't imagine how they made three movies out of this tiny book because they put like a love interest in oh my gosh and yeah they add some character like it's a thing it's a lot I know but no, I... They want to make lots of money. Of course. I mean, yeah. They, they'll capitalize on anything. Mm-hmm. But I did still appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I think in its time, it had to have been just mind-blowing and as a kid like I I love that it was my first fantasy book Mm -hmm. because it's such a big book like it's such a big deal Tolkien is so like oh I was really sad to reread it it was completely different I I I get that I think there are a lot of books that are nostalgic that when you reread as an adult it's just like um yeah okay yeah I would I wish I had a lit I wish I had tracked what I read as a kid yeah like I would kill to have that would be super I cool. know I go back and try to remember mm-hmm. um like on Goodreads and yeah I've read this or I've read that and sometimes I just yeah I mean, it's hard to remember everything yeah working at a bookstore sometimes I'll see something and be like oh my god I read that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, anyways, I digress. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. I really enjoyed it. It goes into kind of them growing up, how they started with their uh, fascination with true crime. It talks about Karen having kind of a, a situation that she happened to get herself in that terrified her and... Um, It talks about her foray into drugs. It talks Mm -hmm. about uh, Georgia's uh, alcohol abuse. I love the name Georgia. (laughs) I, 
<laughs> I digress. <laughs> but no, like it, it goes on a deep dive into their their own things. Georgia's mother ended up with dementia and dying from that. Aww. And it talks about that. It's really, it's really poignant, all of that. But I did enjoy it. I don't think I enjoyed it enough. Like, I don't think I enjoyed it enough to give it, you know, mm-hmm. the five stars that everyone else is. But I did, I did really enjoy it. I How did like it. How many stars did you give it? I think I just gave it three. That's my standard. Like, I liked it. It was good. That's good. <laughs> like, way to yeah, go. I really have been seeing it everywhere. It and if is. it was my thing, I'd probably give yeah. it to. But it's just, I, I can't imagine that I would like the podcast. Yeah. Let alone the book. I love it. <laughs> so I love yeah. it so much. But you're a weirdo, so I you know. like that sort of stuff. Hey, it's fine. Cool, cool. Well, my last one that I'm going to talk about today is called The Iron King. And that's by Julie Kagawa. And that's the first book in the Iron Fae series. Basically, it's Megan Chase. Her dad disappeared in front of her when she was six years old. And then fast forward ten years, she notices her best friend starts becoming, like, weirdly protective of her. And then her brother is kidnapped and replaced by a changeling. Oh, bye. And come to find out that she is actually a half-human, half-fae. Mm. And her best friend is fae. And he takes her into the Fae world, which is called the Never Never, and helps her try to find her brother. Interesting. I was recommended this book on Goodreads because I had read something else. I forget what it was. But it was good. I gave it three stars. It was intriguing, but it seemed to lack development Mm. in some areas. And I did a little research, and the author was actually teen when she wrote it. Wow. So I can kind of see that. Sure. I would like to... I wonder if the series, as it continues, if it grows right. up. if yeah. it will, you know, progress. Mm-hmm. Because there were just certain scenes that felt rushed, and there were certain scenes that was like, I would like some more right here. Uh-huh. And I just felt like I needed a little bit more development. Gotcha. But it was overall, it was really good. You know, it was it was your basic, like, fantasy sure. kind of thing. But, I mean, I thought it was really cute. I will probably read the rest of the series. But you're not, like, in a hurry. Like, yeah, I'm not in a super big hurry. Yeah. But it was interesting that... All of the characters were from A Midsummer Night's Dream. Hmm. So, like, her best friend ends up being Robin Goodfellow, hmm. which is Puck. And then um, the king is King Oberon and Queen Titania. And I, I thought that was already, like, really cool because we had just read Station Eleven. Yeah. Which was King, you know. Um, king Lear. Not King Lear. But uh, they talked about A Midsummer Night's Dream oh, in that as well. okay. Right? With her know. playing Titania. Oh, Yeah. Um, and so I, I hadn't even thought of that play in like forever, but it right. turns out these are actually real people. And mm. the, these Fae exist because of the imaginations of humans. Mm. So that's kind of interesting too. Like they were imagined into existence. That is cool. So if humans stop believing in them. Like Tinkerbell. Yes. <laughs> if they stop believing in them, they disappear. Gotcha. Which is kind of cool. All right. But it was really, it was cute. It was cutesy. Yeah. It was not, you gotcha. know, it wasn't Sarah J. Mass, mm. but super cool reading a teen author. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, she's in college now, hmm. and or she was when she wrote the second one. Gotcha. And so I, I would like to see if her writing style develops for yeah. sure. Well, you know, Sarah J. Mass started hers when she was a teenager. I did not. Yeah, she it like she started them as a teenager. They didn't get published mm-hmm. until many years later. But she started. Uh, yeah. I think she started. A Court of Thorn and Roses first? That might be wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think she started that series first. Oh, wow. And it took her years Mm -hmm. to get published. But yeah, she was a teenager. I mean, as was Christopher Paolini, Aragon's author. Oh, cool. He was 
young when he wrote those and it awesome. makes me so angry the amount of talent that he <laughs> right? had like oh my but, god I mean, that's when you're like your most imaginative your most creative yeah and i get that and I, but i do think that as as you grow mm-hmm. i can see how you can develop things more and you can bring them along more sure and, and things like you that. you get an idea of pacing and things like that stuff that we talked about mm-hmm. with rj jacobs mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, and the whole like concept of of love and true love as an adult is mm-hmm. going to be entirely different. Sure, but I mean it is a YA series. Mm-hmm. Yes, so. I guess for me as an adult reader, reading it, looking back, it was like, meh. Yeah, but <laughs> and I sent Susie a picture, like a text, a screenshot of one of the lines. Oh, it just. <laughs> I don't know if it was meant to be the way it was meant to be, but it said the the fountain was spouting frozen water. And I'm like, huh? In my head, it was like like ice shards. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> I mean, I could get a frozen stream of mm-hmm. water, or but spouting frozen water I couldn't get behind. Yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of cool. That was because the courts were divided up in the summer court and the spring mm-hmm. court. Or the winter court, I mean. And so they went to the winter court to do the thing. Yeah. But it was really, really cute. I, I think that it's more geared towards a younger audience. Yeah. Uh, and I give it three stars. I liked it, though. Yay. Yeah. All right. My last book is a reread. So my all-time favorite, favorite musical artist is Sarah Bareilles. She's my ride-or-die I'll listen to anything she ever puts out. And she wrote kind of a an essay collection called Sounds Like Me, My Life So Far in Song. She uses her most important songs that she's written. Mm -hmm. She'll she'll have the lyrics of the song and then she'll have why she wrote it or what instance happened. And so she talks about my favorite, favorite song, and that's Gravity. It's probably everybody's favorite song by her, but it's my most favorite. Like I remember this, that her very first al- album, little voice is probably the most important album I've ever owned. Oh, wow. And I remember the day that I bought it and I'm so old that I remember you, you would buy the CD, you would go home, you'd put it in your CD player. You'd take out the, the sleeve of the CD and like read the lyrics as you, you played the album. I remember doing that with cassette tapes. That's how old <laughs> I am. I don't remember that. <laughs> but I remember sitting there and just being like, God, this is just so amazing. <laughs> and so uh, she wrote an essay about gravity and why she wrote it. And, That's awesome. And it was just a heartbreaking time in her life because as her and her high school boyfriend were pretty toxic and Mm -hmm. just kind of that letting go of something that's always been there Mm -hmm. you know and it was just such a huge moment in her life and it was just so 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 good and then like it talks about how she was contacted to start writing for the Broadway musical Waitress. Oh, cool. She wrote the music for it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, and she even starred as the lead female for a minute on Broadway. Oh, cool. And it's just... Carrie Russell does that now, doesn't she? Or she did it. Carrie Russell was the the movie Waitress. Oh, okay. Um, right. And it's an older movie, but they mm-hmm. turned it into a Broadway show, oh. and she wrote the music for it. That's really cool. And it, it's 
Oh, it's so good. Like I wasn't expecting for that to be on it because it is an older book. I thought it was before that, but it wasn't like it was. Oh, so good. I love her so much. That's awesome. awesome. That sounds like a perfect book for you. It is perfect. I loved it so much. I love like, you know, both of us love the behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. And so when it's like my all time favorite Mm -hmm. ever. Like, yeah, it was now, it was a huge you, deal. Did you read that or did you listen to her? I, I read it. I have not tried out the audio, but I probably should yeah, to I see, like, like if there's like music that. on it mm-hmm. or whatever. I'll have to check into that, actually. Maybe I will listen to it for a third time. I will read it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, but that's really cool, though. It was so good. I love it so much. I love her. Oh, my God. I'll, I'll never shut up about Sarah Burles. Nice. When I bought, she came to Chattanooga, and when I got the email that she was coming, I cried. <laughs> and then when I bought my tickets, I cried. You're precious. <laughs> I cry over everything. This like, is true. But yeah, you do I cry just, a lot. I, I cry all the time, <laughs> all the time. So I just, I love her. So awesome. it was perfect. Awesome, awesome. We have decided to switch up. The next buddy read, um, I was going to do the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, but we've decided to do Good Omens instead. And we both had talked about wanting to read it. Mm-hmm. And we're like, why don't we just make it the buddy read for yeah. for the next one? And I'm sure we'll do Evelyn Hardcastle. It'll be one of my next uh, or my next pick or something like that. But we were both really wanting to read Good Omens. And yeah, because I want to watch the show. Right. Get into the show, too. Cause, yeah. You know, David I mean, Tennant. David Tennant. Right. As an <laughs> as a demon. Love. What's more to love than love? love. <laughs> I I have watched the first episode, and he is full blown David Tennant Scottish. That's like amazing. it was so much so that I was like, maybe I should put on the subtitles because sometimes I can't understand <laughs> what he's saying. It's amazing. That's funny. I could listen to him talk all day. That's hilarious. That's if you're gonna go look for it. That's by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Yes, or Patchett. Pratchett. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and Neil Gaiman uh, wrote these the script for the show as well that's awesome i love him as a doctor who writer he writes for doctor who he did (gasps) um back when Stephen moffat was there he wrote several episodes i didn't know that that's where i first heard about him interesting hmm oh yeah i didn't know well apparently he and terry pratchett were very good friends and when terry pratchett passed away uh neil had told him that he would try his best to make the show happen and he was able to do it and he wrote the screenplay and everything for it so it's yeah it's really cool so that's gonna be in about three weeks or so three or four weeks yeah something like that when we do that episode like august 20th episode i think yay so check it out and you can join in the discussion yay and we will see you next time thanks guys Bye. bye